to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast, Kevin and Chuck. Today, well, we're going to talk about, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about surviving winter. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. As Ned Stark would say. At first you're thinking, well, does that mean I need to get my galoshes and my whatever else it is people get for winter? Right. The wool hat. I got to get a hat. Or one of those, what do they call it in the South? A toboggan? Toboggan. That's right. With a little tassel on the top. With a tassel. I've got two of those hats with tassels on the top. So there you go. So anyway, you're thinking, oh, I might need to uh, get one of those fun hats. Well, what I'm really talking about is prepping your supplies so that you take the right action all summer long so that all winter long you're able to eat and stay warm. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that really have a short summer. And if you're an off-grid type or maybe after an EMP or when money's tight and nuclear winter, I don't Mm -hmm. know, that just has the word winter in it. Is that why you went there? I don't even know what that is. All right. So anyway... um, you guys know I like to stay on top of my game. Right. And I'm always looking for new ideas and new exciting uh, things. So I joined a lot of uh, different groups on uh, Facebook, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So there's one uh, called the Survival and Bushcraft it's, it's Tribe. Bush, yeah, it's uh, Bushcraft and Survival Tribe. The Bushcraft and Survival Tribe. And one of the posts that came up this week was uh, from Alicia. Mm-hmm. And Alicia had posted about, you know, feeding or taking care of my family of seven. Mm-hmm. It's a big family. Right. In the uh, cold north and what some of the steps they take to prepare for right. winter. And now she's in northern British Columbia, which okay. is the last place you should want to live unless you don't want to see other people. Oh, but she, I don't think she does want to see other people. Maybe I mean, she loves her family. Yeah. That's she why got there's her seven of them, right? right? So... You know, if there's seven of you, then, you know, you're all family, right? Mm-hmm. You're all about family. And, you know, if you have seven of them, they, the other benefit is that if you have seven of them, when you, you live in northern work. British Columbia, at least you know somebody's going to make it through the winter. <laughs> that's the rule? <laughs> yep. Well, and there's a lot of kids to put to work. Right. That's that's also another benefit. Now, now a, lot of the, um, a lot of the work that has to go into... Uh, sustaining some some sort of a lifestyle with a you know with an extended winter and living off grid really involves a lot of pressure on the warmer months wow now she's pretty hardcore so they're actually off grid no water well Mm -hmm. no electricity she says she has to climb the hill to get cell service right um and then uh it's about an hour drive to the nearest main road. Mm-hmm. That's to get to the road. So that's right. a commitment. So when you're in a situation like that, you realize when winter comes, you kind of have to be a little bit prepared. Right. You're kind of on your own. Especially when they say hour drive, that's an hour drive in the summertime. Mm-hmm. In the wintertime, it's like, oh, you're out of luck, friend. Mm-hmm. You know? So I, I used to, my family had a uh, cottage up in Canada. And the winter time, it was a lot like that. But that's still not northern British Columbia. Mm-hmm. That's a little more hardcore. I was more like Ottawa, you mm-hmm. know, not not like not crazy, real Canada, not the crazy north, right? You know, 
there were still like French people around, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. Well, that's the, also the crazy north. Right. Where the French people are. Touche. Quebec. What? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, basically, bottom line, that's what I wanted to get into. I wanted to talk about, you know, some steps you can take. You know, we're going to talk about some firewood and some gardening and that kind of stuff. So she had a lot of great ideas and I wanted to kind of go through them kind of point by point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I kind of got her blessing to share this with you. So we're going to go with it. You know, the, the signal phone service back and forth to, you know, she said she right. had to climb the hill. Questionable. Maybe she was like, oh, you can. And then she Not. went back down the hill and I was like, good, good. You can. <laughs> I heard it. So anyway, bottom line, big on gardening. Right. Now, big on gardening, she says, because it's cheap. Now, you got to figure. Grocery stores, when you live in the South and, and you know, in these well-populated right. areas. It's cheaper to buy f- it's groceries cheap at to the, buy at groceries, the store. right? Gardening's hard work. It's a pain in the butt. You're like, I can make the money faster than I can buy it. But when you're way up in Alaska or, you know, British Columbia, you know, any of these, you know, hardcore North areas, even up in Maine, it gets a little tough right. um, in spots. And also when you're far out. You know, if you're not in a well-populated area... Even if it's not super cold, all of a sudden the grocery stores, the prices start to go up. Right. And this kind of gives you some insight of what it might be like after an EMP, after, you know, uh, economic collapse. You know, the stock market's a little shady these days. Things are up and down. Nobody knows what's going on. So maybe the garden, right? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the garden. Now, especially when you're the prepping for winter guy. You got a lot to think about. So you want to grow some more like hardcore things like, uh, you know, the hardy winter vegetables, things that'll give you a longer season. Cabbage, cabbage, onions, turnips. Radishes, right. She had tomatoes. I don't know if they kind of have a longer growing season, I'm sure. Well, it's, you know, it's important if you are, um, if you have a shorter growing season. Get the vitamin C. To get things, well, to get things started. Yeah. You know. You got to get on it, right? So... Now, they also talk about they have a greenhouse. Right, and that's a great way to get things started. Now, you said um, a greenhouse, you think, you see decent stuff even in the anywhere from like two to $6,000 neighborhood. Right, and you can get a really decent long-term greenhouse and that's going to hold up. And are like glass or hard plastic. Right, you with know, a concrete foundation. Stuff. Something substantial. Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty cool. You can you know go that way. Um, some of you guys are like, well, you know, I just use PVC pipe and some uh, uh, plastic wrap and right. throw it on there. That's great. You know, the polyethylene. By the way, that works that amazingly works. well. However, if you've ever done it like I have, you know that that plastic, at best, you're getting two seasons out of not the PVC, right. but the plastic and cheating. And two seasons is stretching it. You're duct taping stuff together. All of a together. sudden, it's like thin it, it almost turns from like soft, like almost rubbery feeling mm-hmm. into like plastic sheets where you touch it and, and it, it cracks just disintegrates, apart. Disintegrates, right? And so it, you know, you it's just the have UV to plan that does that. that. It just, yeah. it just tears it apart. And they do mate. They sell some that is supposed to hold up better and whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I've never gotten more than like four years out of even the best stuff, right? And so you know, just be aware of that. You know, sheeting it might be your answer. But you know, to get here's the thing, though. She, uh, plastic sheeting is cheap. Cheap, cheap. 
And if you have a couple rolls, as long as they're kept in the dark, they'll right. last. So that's something to think about. Um, another thing, so she had mentioned, Alicia had mentioned that uh, she actually heats her greenhouse and they have a stove in there. That's a great idea. That can definitely prolong your growing season. Right. Um, especially if you can just you could get started at a minimum, in February. Keep with, it growing at night. That. Yep. Maybe not up uh, in British Columbia right. February, mm-hmm. but maybe New York February. Right. Um, so that kind of thing. Another thing I've seen in the different uh, groups on like Facebook and, and things like that. I, every couple of years I see uh, this post go around where people dig like a uh, three or four foot like trench. Right. And they build the greenhouse around it. You know, maybe it's a ditch. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So imagine like eight by 20 or something and four foot deep. And that way you're able to take some of your ground temperature. Right. And the the depth of the that. yeah the depth of the the plumbing that you would want to do really depends on your frost line and yes. and you know where you live obviously, um, so depending on how far north you are, you might have to really get down into some rock. Can I tell to, you more is more? It. More is more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, until you hit the frost line, and then and then it's right. kind of the same. Right. No and matter how much more you at go, that point is is pumping the water. From that depth, whatever it is, six feet, four feet, two feet, whatever it is, up to inside the greenhouse. Right. Okay, if you say so. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pretend I understood what you were just talking about. All right. And we'll move right along. So, next thing would be uh, wood. Right. Firewood, right? Mm-hmm. So, firewood's going to be a big issue if you're up north. Um I like to call the oil man. Right. It's and I'm nice like, to be hey, able to do oil that. man, you know, I, I could use a tank. Uh-huh. But I guess if you're an hour out. Right. That's that, that guy not might not option. show up. He might not show up, and he's probably not going to show up in the middle of winter. Right. So either you have a really big storage tank, or firewood might be a thing for you. Right. Now, firewood is, is I think that, um, you know, most men growing up, just know the ins and outs of firewood, yeah. but maybe we should just touch on it real quick. All right, so there's a couple of different things. Bottom line, you're going to really be looking for like your harder woods, right? Um, oak. You're uh, gonna right oak, maple, any of the harder woods uh, are, are locus, good. Uh, ash, ash. There's there's a bunch, you know. But the bottom line, what you're worried about is you don't want your sappy woods, right? Um, things like uh, pine, something like that. You don't want to burn in the house because they'll end up causing problems in your chimney. So I shouldn't like in my fireplace. I shouldn't just like at the, you know, in February, just jam my Christmas tree in there, right? That's a no-go. No? Unless you're down for chimney fires. Okay. That That's a thing. All right. I, I so, do actually save my Christmas tree and have an annual Christmas tree burning in June. Yeah, as long as you do it in the... Bonfire In the pit. bonfire outside. Yeah, don't right. ever burn pine in your, in your chimney if you want to. Keep it, it is. Down. It depends. Like if you have like a wood stove and it's got like your three foot, you know, chimney thing, you might be able to make an argument that, you know, things aren't such a big deal for that. Right. You can kind of burn whatever, whatever. That's up to you. Yeah. But make call the fire marshal and yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to blame. I know Kevin likes to kill a few people each episode. Right. I feel like I saved somebody there. Just don't do that. Yeah. You can. Yes, you can do but that. But you're looking out for the firemen is right. what you're saying. That's right. You know, it's our first responders we really have to give a little respect to. That's right, man. All right. 
So next, you know, how come everybody said never, never forget Forget about 9-11? Oh, 9-11. And everybody forgot about it. Something happened on 9-11? I'm not going to get into it. It's a sore spot with me. Okay. Let's carry on. All right. Um, Now, number three, gathering. Says, we grow a lot of hearty fruit, fruit-bearing plants. Right. Raspberries, sour cherries, haskip berry bushes. Um. We also spend a ton of time picking huckleberries. All right. They're dried and canned. Yeah, now that's another big thing about getting ready for winter is storing your food. Now, she's cool. She says we make our own pectin out of crab apples. Nice. Nice. I see? thought it was I thought it was usually blueberries, but I don't I don't know enough about it. Well, to... see, that's why we needed Alicia yeah. to give us We some need insight. somebody here to teach us the the ways of the north. The ways of the icy north, right? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, learning how to can and preserve stuff mm-hmm. is going to be huge. Smoking um, fish and meats, uh, canning. Now, you're thinking, oh, well, I'm just going to buy my Harvest Right dehydrator that uh, Ron Paul told me about. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not a bad way to go unless you didn't have electricity. Right. Then maybe your solar dehydrating right. is there's something a, you want to get There's a lot into. of stuff that you can do with solar ovens when it comes to dehydrating. Yeah. Uh, also, pickling is... is a good good deal but just keep in mind that pickling cucumbers you can eat them yes but you're not really going to get a whole lot of calories you're not going to get a whole lot of vitamins you're not going to get a whole lot out of pickles what is it a pickles like five calories or something yeah something like that and it's really high it's in like sodium the and that's diet it. food right unless you have salt problems right but yeah um then number four four on the surviving winner list is bees. Now, I always thought that bees uh, couldn't couldn't survive well, didn't do well up up north. In the north. Yeah. I guess we're wrong. I guess we I'm wrong. Corrected. I, I did research on it, did some research on bees. I don't, I must have been mistaken about some of that. But I mean, uh, I guess if you know how to grow, how to, how to farm bees, you know how to farm bees. I don't, so. All right. I can't there you talk go. about it. So, she talks about, you know, catching the wild swarms. I, I can catch the wild swarm of yellow jackets. I yeah. can always find those. Right. I Yeah, I ran into them every time I'm tearing a deck apart or something. I, I catch those those yeah. angry swarms. Yeah, I'm not sure that's what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. They look kind of the same, but then kind of different. But they can just keep stinging and stinging. And stinging. I got one of my shirt uh, a few years back, and I could see he stung me six times. And I could see the first one because it was a big welt, and then it got a little bit smaller and a little <laughs> bit smaller, as he like ran right? out of out of venom. Yeah, he's but like, he got he, he got me six he times. He ran out of gas, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. Next is livestock. Now livestock's kind of cool because she talks about a lot of things that we've actually told you guys to maybe get into, like mm-hmm. chickens. You know, I have chickens. chickens, right? That's right. Now the thing about chickens up north is that you're going to have a shorter egg laying period. Yes. But um, it's, you, could you work also out have chicken. Some solar lighting mm-hmm. in order to lamps. extend right. um, that time. Well, it's not even heat lamps. They just need to think that there's daylight. Okay. Um, actually, up there, I think they kind of have that like six months of just dark. Right. As the days get shorter, they just stop. Um, mm-hmm. So if you can mimic daylight, um, but again, I guess solar doesn't work if you're never really if getting you don't your have a day whole lot of sun, sun ever. Right. So, I don't know. I can't help you there. All right? If you do have sun and, you know, you're 
kind of north, like we'll say Maine, Canada border, yeah. something like that. Then maybe you can save some of that daylight and right. But all, I mean, also remember that it. chickens chickens reproduce pretty quickly, and if you don't have eggs, you still have chicken. You can eat chicken. You can eat chicken all winter long. All right, that's a thing. Now she actually talks about rabbits. Rabbits now, are rabbits a big deal. I think they're overlooked long. all the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. Well, because you're thinking, oh, it's a lot of work. I don't want to, you know, cut them up for the meat. But if the grocery store is an hour away. Chicken meat or rabbit meat is sounding pretty good. And I think it's a lot easier to uh, cut up that rabbit than to go all the way to the store. Right. Now, I want I just want to um, say for the uh, for the Jews and the Muslims and the, the well, uh, fundamentalist Christians that rabbit is an abomination to the Lord. Is it? It is. Okay. Along with pigs. But pigs, she's down for pigs. Right. Pigs are butchered once freezing temperatures hit and are kept in a cold in-ground locker. Now, a lot of people, you know, a lot it of says, things... She they... says rabbits and chickens butchered throughout the year and eggs are also collected. Right. But we now, have concerns on the eggs. I wonder how she does it through right. the winter. Now, one thing that I think a lot of people overlook is uh, freezing, the difference between freezing and refrigerating. Especially when you think about being up north, you don't think much about it. But there's a lot of time throughout the year where during the day it's, you know, in the 40s, 50s, but then gets below freezing at night. And that's not how you keep food, you know, keep food well. Going up and down in temperature like that is not the way to store food. You want the constant, and that's why the underground root cellars are coming into play. Right. right? Now, if you dig a hole, you can make a refrigerator just out of the earth. Yeah. And it'll stay at constant temperature if you put it at the right depth. Yeah, but that constant temperature is just above what you want for refrigeration. Right. But there's a lot of vegetables and things that will keep and have a prolonged life with that. Right. Um, Now, she talks about farm feed is too expensive, so we grow corn, barley specifically for animal feed, and they don't eat it. It says, in the summer and fall, the animals eat food scraps and some feed from the previous year. We trade a local farmer for leftover corn and barley seed in exchange for honey and eggs. And I think barter is a big thing. You know, that's that's really, I think, a, is an overlooked skill. I mean, it's it's something that you have to you have to be willing to haggle and, and right. fix on a price. You know, you don't want to be trading for something that you're really just, you know, supplying welfare for the neighbor. Right. And she's saying the same thing. You know, they're also trading for milk and cheese from another mm-hmm. farmer. I guess you could look into goats or something like that. Cows take a lot of feed. Um, if you don't have the grass and you got to feed it all winter, having a cow is a chore. Um, right. Goats, you might be able to get away with it. That's borderline. Yeah. Now, uh, just a just a um, warning. I've never owned goats. They eat things. But I love goats. I think goats are the best idea for, you know, especially for a small piece of property. And also to teach your kids how to pay attention. Mm-hmm. That's right, because they'll knock your ass you right down. You never want to turn your back I, on as, a goat or I, I think sheep. both of us have, at some point between the ages of, of five and eight, got, got our ass Knocked kicked by a goat. Ass. Yeah. No, there there's some challenges that come with goats. Right, but there's a lot of um a lot of benefits to goats in the in the sense that they do eat 
everything. You don't have to specifically feed them a, a certain diet. And uh, the milk they produce, if you have poison ivy in your area. Okay. Now, this might be an old wives' tale, but I feel like it's true. All right, tell if me. If you have poison ivy in your area and your goats eat poison ivy. Yes. And you drink the milk, then you have a higher immunity to poison ivy than everybody else. Oh. Now, this might be just So I should start drinking goat milk. Yes, start drinking goat milk. But it's got to be goats locally, you know, with the uh, with the poison ivy around. Just just a heads up. Just a heads up. Pe- public service announcement. Kevin's looking out for you guys. Now, next she has on the list laundry. Um, yeah, a as lot I of pointed don't out, think about she doesn't that. have electricity. Right. So that means laundry is done by hand. Now I don't know if you guys have seen, but they have those like. Uh, well, there's washers you can get that you can buy on, like, Amazon or whatever. I don't know what you're getting shipped to British Columbia right. when you're an hour from the road. Mm-hmm. But my guess is probably not a lot. So I've seen where you can get, like, a five-gallon bucket. And they basically um, think of a large uh, mashed potato masher mm-hmm. and something like that. And they just push up and down in the bucket to right. kind of wring the clothes now, again, you need some kind of water to, you know, you got to be able to have water to turn over. So right. And hot water is always cleans better than, than cold water. But um, when I was in uh, South America, I spent a summer down there and they had a, um, it was a neat little machine. It was like a can and it had a pedal on the outside of it and you just stepped on it and it spun the clothes around the inside of a, a screen. And then you took them out and you hung them up dry, but they're already you know, mostly dry by the time you took them out. Right. You know, there's a lot of little gadgets like that that if you're having to deal without electricity, that can really be a big benefit. You know, little tools. Now, then she mentions lighting. Now, again, there's places up north where you're going a long time and solar isn't an option. Right. So that's kind of, you know, it gets a little hairy. Yeah. Um. Well, one, you they... There are ways to, you know, bikes that generate electricity, different yeah, things. Yeah, like I, I have a strong suspicion that those don't work for you sure. You can charge up batteries with something. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's maybe an option. Um, she talks about uh, old lanterns, um, kerosene, stuff that she's bartering for. Right. Um, and basically doing kerosene lanterns, that kind of thing. Yeah, I stayed in a cabin uh, a few years ago up in uh, Vermont. Was northern Vermont was on a mountain, didn't have any electricity there, and they had uh, propane lamps that worked really well. I mean, there's really a lot of options when it comes to lighting, depending on what what type of fuel you have av- available. Right, and that's it. What well, you can get in there, you know. You so know, and and candles are still a a great way to light a house, you know. Yeah, no, exactly. So, um, medicinal herbs. Uh, she talks about you know she learned herbalism. Um, you know, really mastering that is pretty cool. Um, it says we spend the entire spring, summer, and fall gathering medicinal herbs. Herbs are dried and used for teas, tinctures, honey infused, and salves. Um, we have enough variety in the herbs to basically aid in any minor ailment, um, colds to superficial inner injuries, suture kits on hand. You know, we've talked about those in the past. Um, it says they'll go to the doctor for something serious, 
but they try and you know fix most health keep issues. Keep it serious. Now I know she uh, she's actually uh, got a cer- certification as a um, uh, like a at home uh, birth deliverer. Oh yeah. And I think that's that's a big deal because there's a lot of things that happen. They happen and um, they're common. You know, nine times out of ten, a woman could give birth to a baby just by herself on a bed. That's it. Well, in... you know who did it? It's that one time in Blue Lagoon. Oh, right. Yeah. She just right in, the, in just a cave somewhere, right? Tree. She leaned against the tree, right. Or it happens naturally. Yeah. But, I mean, there you probably, you know, if you have an option, you probably want a couple want a people there help. helping you. All right. Maybe some, you know, maybe some now, some people with some form of medical training. Now, but, she, I mean, there's other things that, that happen where, you know, uh, cuts and, and scrapes where you want somebody that's competent in cleaning out a wound and right. and, and just doing a, a, a really basic uh, stitch and yeah. and keeping you from dying from a simple injury. I keep injury. a little wound wash on hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, hey, and I do have sutures. Right. Um, they do expire. You know, you can get away with a year or two maybe. Yeah, you know, we. I like to talk about that. Ends up disintegrating, right? So you. I like to. I like to think of prepping as like a uh, buy it once, got it forever type of venture. But the truth is, you have to. There's a lot of things you have to keep up on. You have to revisit, right? Um, She mentions breastfeeding. I don't know anything about that. You got to talk to some woman about that. Right. Healthy for the kids. I've heard a woman very. Burn 500 calories a day breastfeeding. All right, so that's something to keep in mind. You know, if you're worried about staying But I mean, it really... But I think really... if you're really struggling to keep everything nice all, you know, to survive, mm-hmm. you're probably not worried about burning extra calories. Right, and and I'll tell you what the uh, what what the, the most important thing with, with babies is, is that you keep them fat. Yeah, fat you babies. Have to, fat babies are, are always are always better off than skinny babies. Don't let your baby get skinny. I always go back to you know when you watch fat kids are better than when the first kids. first season of like Survivor or something came out. You saw like all these healthy fit people, mm-hmm. and then you'd have the one or two fat guys. Yeah, and then like three weeks in, the one or two fat guys are like, "Yeah, let's do so." Yeah, they're they're the ones looking and healthy they're looking now. Good, and then the skinny people are all just like laying around, right. wasted away, circles under their going, eyes. Oh, what are we gonna do? You know what I loved about that show? I I, I say I loved it. Sarcastically, really I, I hated yeah. that show. And one of the things that I hated the most was that all these girls that were on that uh, show were all like, uh, you know, like, like model type women, skinny, yeah. yeah, and and they would get they would get so skinny that you could see their breast implant, the silicone underneath their skin. It just looked disgusting. And I, mean, I thought like that's an outrage. Ideas, well, I mean, like ideas of beauty, don't really match up to. Uh, living a, a difficult life. I see what you're saying there. Um next on our list, number 10, hunting. Right. Says we hunt for leather, meat, fur and bone. I bow hunt, that would be Alicia and my husband uses a rifle. We hunt bear, elk, deer, set trap lines, which is huge. Um definitely something to do all winter long. Um for coyotes and fox. We also fish throughout the year. Meat is stored in the cold locker. Some of it's dried into jerky, cured, smoking, that kind of stuff. Um, use the fat for soap and cooking. 
Uh, bones are used to make buttons for clothing that I knit and hair clips and combs for my daughters. That's pretty fantastic. I'd honestly like, like to see some pictures of that. We now, trade I think a, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. leather and bone combs for wool and spin and dye the wool in the spring using plant dyes that we make. She's pretty hardcore. Uh, right. That's pretty impressive. Pretty hardcore. Now, a lot grid. of people think really of, got it going here. Uh, you know, people that, that hunt. Uh, I don't want to say recreationally, hunt for meat, basically. Yes. You know, uh, just as a supplement for income. That's great. You know, it really adds a lot of um, uh, connection to your environment. And it really adds a lot of, um, you know, just healthy meat coming into the house. But a lot of people forget that you can use almost every part of that Yeah. That animal. A lot of welding pants up until the uh, beginning of the 20th century were deer hide. You know, deer hide really makes great durable clothing. Not bad. That's, I mean, that's it. You got to, and I mean, she's got some hardcore large animals out there. Mm-hmm. When they're talking bear, elk, you right. know, they, they're, they're some big animals. So utilizing all the animal mm-hmm. is, you know, going to pay off. Um, also last, she, she closes it out with uh, trade and barter. Um, I know we touched on that throughout this whole thing, as she mentioned items. Um, she says, can't stress this enough. You must learn to train and barter to survive comfortably. Other people always have something you can use. You probably read it above that we trade a lot of things. Some of the things we receive are wool, milk, oat flour, gasoline, machine oil, tools, tires, livestock, and... People can literally trade just about anything for anything. And up here, it's essential and helps create the community. Right. And I think the community relationships are a big thing. Obviously, they're not going to be a lot of uh, negotiating when you're in those actual winter months. Right. And I think think it's important important to note that she uh, had gasoline on that list. As much as you want to get away from it, gasoline is going to be a necessity. You know, and we've done we've done episodes on storing gas. Um I really think that uh you should at least have some large receptacles that you can fill up if if things start to look uh look funny around you, whether you keep it or not. Yeah. No, but that's I mean, you know, so something to think about. I mean, you know, the longer you can go and sustain yourself and winter's hard. And if right. you li- really live in the north where you can't go out, mm-hmm. and especially, I mean, just think about it. Even somebody who <clears throat> lives, you know, in the mountains around us, if nobody's plowing the road, mm-hmm. after the first big snow. That's it. That's it. Right. You're just done. You know, mm-hmm. we'll get four feet. And yeah, when people are plowing, it kind of goes away. But pretty much you're kind yeah, of I mean, stuck there's, in. There's, I've definitely come across plenty of roads that had signs up that said this road is not play, plowed between these two dates. Yeah, I drove on that road. It didn't end well for me. No. I was like, oh, I can it's do it. I got four-wheel drive. That's right. That's right. And there's no snow here at the beginning of the road. Yeah, it looks good. You know, it looks like there's like an inch, maybe. And then I just slid right off down in the ditch. Yeah. And I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah. And usually when they close those roads for certain dates, yeah. it's because there's cliffs that you can fall off and yeah, die. Yeah, there were those. Yep. And yeah, so just something to think about. Um, 
So, yeah, that's what we got this week. So, also, you guys uh, know we have a uh, sponsored tack pack. Right. A lot of cool tactical gun gear. You know, it's time to stock up. You know, they're they're gunning for your guns. That's right, man. You know, this gun rights could disappear any time. This is the time, man. It is man. time to take action while you can. And these guys know the gear you need to get you ahead. That's so right. So if you go to TACPAC.com and uh, sign up, they'll hook you up with some cool stuff. If you use the code BADASS, they'll uh, maybe get you some good stuff. Maybe you're like, you know, Chuck, I, I kind of don't like guns. They frighten me a little bit. I get upset. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just want to support us another way. Right. Maybe you don't like guns, but you like cool patches that say prepping badass and have angry skulls with guns on it. That's right. There are guns on the There on are the thing. guns on the patch. But you can just use that as a symbol to intimidate people and that might want to That's right. Just throw patches mess at them, with them, you know? Right. So something like that, you might want to support us on Patreon. As little as $1 a month will actually... You know, get you one of these patches. That's right. Now, $1 a month, it might take me three weeks to get that patch out to you because it cost me like four bucks to send it and do it. But, you know, hey, I'm a team player. See, that's value for your money right there. You make a commitment to me, I'm going to make a commitment to you. Mm -hmm. And that's how it's going to work. Also, we actually have been getting a lot of emails lately. Right, right. If you want to email us. Uh, you have a show well, idea? A lot of our show ideas have come from emails. So if you guys want to email us, you got ideas, um, preppingbadass at gmail.com is where to send that. Uh, if you've got hate mail. Kevin loves hate love mail. Love it. I uh, get a little sensitive, Chuck little touchy. Chuck love mail. If you want to send love mail, we like that too. You to Kevin if it's mm-hmm. hate mail and, you know, to Chuck if it's nice and you got something positive to say. All right. So, you know, something like that. But otherwise, with that, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. channels in celebrating great outdoors month presented by battery tender tune in every tuesday and sunday in june starting at 7 p.m eastern channel 109 on your lg smart tv you can also watch waypoint tv at lgchannels.com join me chef jean-paul bourgeois and the whole crew here at duck camp dinners every monday at 8 p.m eastern on waypoint tv birds up in the sky